Autism now affects 1 in 88 children, in which 1 in 54 are boys, and the prevalence figures are growing daily. Autism is the fastest growing serious developmental condition in the United States that costs a family $60,000 a year on average, while the cause receives less than 5% of the research funding of many less prevalent childhood diseases. As to date, there is no medical detection or cure for autism. Help us at the Jayzo Modcast Network change that as April is National Autism Awareness Month. We ask all of you to join us this month in honoring the boys and girls who live with this condition each and every day of their lives in donating to a charity centered around researching and possibly finding a cure. Any amount is welcomed because chances are you personally know someone directly affected with autism. Let's come together and make a change. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Mythbits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 124. Welcome. The world of myth bits. Welcome to the world of myth bits. It is the episode you all have been waiting for with bated breath. It is the review episode. And I have to say, this was an excellent issue. I mean, there hasn't been a bad issue, but this one, I think, was really, really, really good. So before we we get started, uh, let's go ahead and go through a bit of housekeeping. First and foremost, April is Autism Awareness Month, and we at the Jasmine slash Dark Myth Company always light it up blue for the people we love with autism. So, support your fellows on the spectrum. Second bit, it is expected that an announcement of who the new general manager will be will be made for the relaunch of MythMart, and it is rumored that the New Blood Films and Zombie Works Publications founder, Alan Russo, is on the top of that list. Oh, nice. We like those rumors. In addition to very informative news that everybody needs to keep at the forefront of their mind, the Open Contract Challenge, don't forget about the deadline, April 30th, 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All creatives, please, 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 Just mull it over. If you've got something publishable, submit. Please. I really hope that this bit of news was directed at me because I know I get kind of annoying and I'm annoying Dave a lot with um, a very specific question. (laughs) Uh, So negotiations with certain celebrities for Pop Culture Expo Scarefare have begun. 
And Scarefare, if you don't recall or, or if this is the first time you're hearing about it, it is planned the day before Halloween. So updates are expected to begin coming in May. I'm too antsy. I would like those updates now. Please. <laughs> and please do not forget, if you enjoy the World of Myth magazine, uh, please vote or leave a comment. Um, we want to know which stories you love, you like, don't like. Uh, it's really helpful. It's helpful for the, for the authors. It's helpful for the artists, the poets, for everybody involved. Um, so yeah, please don't forget to vote and comment. And finally, this is a bit of, of good news because I know it's been a little tense on the front of the website and trying to get a new web host and all of that. But Yahoo has actually reached out to management with an offer to keep the world of myth with their servers. And that'll be covered later uh, for the director's board meeting. So that's, that's good. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into each of these amazing, amazing pieces that have been submitted this month. And we will kick it off with Drabble and Flash. And our first story is Araksha by Jacek Wilkos. So this isn't the first time that I'm going to bring up the show What We Do in the Shadows. But one of the funniest scenes, in my opinion, is when uh, the vampires go up against a group of werewolves. And literally all it takes is the the throwing of a squeaky toy <laughs> to win the battle against the werewolves but yeah the the that scene always makes me laugh really hard especially when i just think about it and this one uh raksha really kind of gave me that same feeling of just like a nice little turtle uh, I just thought it was really, really fun. And I love the, the like, seriousness of the adventurers. Um, and it just leads to this, like, just silly, goofy ending. I love it. I thought it was really, really delightful. A great, great first piece to start off. Thank you very much, sir. And our next story, The Innkeeper's Whine by Timothy Law. Um, I love the play on words. And the names <laughs> here, I thought they were just really like, that was, that was probably the just most delightful aspect was like, oh, what are we going to fall into next? And the whimsy and the humor behind it, I think it's just, it's marvelously delightful. So, and I enjoy Tim's more humorous stories as much as I enjoy all of his other works. Um, and this one was just fun and silly and like pure entertainment. Yeah, that was a funny little story about the, the halfling. Uh, mm -hmm. That's pretty nice. And our next piece, Day of the Easter Bunny by David K. Montoya. The title alone <laughs> had me expecting like a, a wholesome kind of kind of family friendly <laughs> story. Uh, but uh, instead, then we get this this like delightful horror piece that left me kind of just like snickering <laughs> and smiling quite quite broadly to myself and I always love Dave's ventures into horror then again I'm biased because horror is my favorite genre but an absolutely delightful creepy little easter piece there 
It reminds me of uh, Bill and Ted's bogus journey a little bit. <laughs> yeah. In what way? <laughs> <laughs> because of the bunny, right? The bunny. Remember you had the dream about the bunny? The oh, Easter bunny. Remember? okay. And our next piece, Demise of the Shepherdess by Timothy Law. Um, this one is another one from Tim. I say like we're old friends. From Mr. Law. That was just pure entertainment. Um, and it reminds me of, of Into the Woods in such a delightful way. Uh, just a short, sweet, well, not sweet, uh, but a horrific <laughs> telling of a wild, fantastical event. And also, I, I think it's worth pointing out that I'm sure this will have a very unique audience uh, if Resident Evil has anything to say about it. Uh, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about? Resident Evil? No. The the hot giant vampire? No. <laughs> you don't know? No. <laughs> Google it. And the next piece, He'd Do It Again by Gabriella Belcom. Um, I really enjoyed this one. It was short, sweet, and terribly macabre, which is my favorite, you know, uh, but very sweet and dark. And uh, just a great one from Gabriella. Excellent work. That was a fine story about organ harvesting. Uh. Yeah. And A Warrior's Welcome by Timothy Law. Um, this one was intense and beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Just truly, truly stunning. I can't even begin to express how I adore this one. Um, it was just beautiful. That was a nice story about uh, the death of the warrior. Uh, mm-hmm. Hell yeah, it was just gorgeous. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to pick favorites, but it definitely like it. Just it's it stays there, and I think that is a very good place to be as a writer. Uh, is to be a sticky writer. <laughs> but yeah, beautiful work, perfect, uh, perfect job, Tim. And finally, our final story in Drabble and Flash. I Love You So Much by Gabriella Belcom. One story's ending that always, like, gets me, um, that keeps me up at night. Like, I will just sit and think about it. Like, totally random is Dark Places by Gillian Flynn. Um, and I'm not going to spoil anything in case you haven't read it or, or seen the film. But it, it genuinely, like... I don't know. I know a lot of people don't love that story, but it that the ending of that one like shook me to my core. And this one is very it very much had a very similar effect to me. It's just that uh the the desperation of it all and that like sick, sad hope and it just truly tragic but beautiful. That was a tasty little treat for Mara. Yeah. Jumping over to fantasy. Our first story, The Cotswold Witches, part one by Steve Carr. Uh, <laughs> my notes just uh, in all caps. Yes, 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 yes. This piece is, is just a beautiful work of art and magic. Um, it's so stunning and like fragrant with its voice and the the wonder and I was just I was a ball of sunshine uh eagerly eating this story up um my only critique 
is, and I don't know if you'll agree with me, and Steve, if you're listening, and if you have been listening, you probably kind of already know what I'm going to say, maybe, because uh, it's something I habitually talk about. This is a piece that is big. It is a big story. It could easily be a huge story. You know what I mean? I think when you are taking this, this like, big idea and trying to trying to modify it into a short story it gives the reader like it's 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 enough but oh my gosh like there's so much it's it's just it's beautifully written and we really understand like the majesty of your writing and your talent so it just like it felt like a summary it felt like a summary of a whole story so if you so chose at any point in the future uh, if you ever had the desire or inkling to give this story like a full novel treatment uh you absolutely could is what i'm getting at uh like I said, it's great. It is a great short story, but I think it would be an even greater novel. That is my two cents. And I can't wait to see what part two has in store. What do you think? Do you, do you think it could be bigger? Absolutely. I can't actually can't wait till he uh, brings out part two in this one. This is a pretty interesting story about the, uh, the witch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very interesting. I think, too, it was very comfortable for me. Like, one of my, my favorite movies uh, based off of a book is... Uh, the house with the clock in its walls and like the 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 setup just kind of made me feel that same vibe that same like a uh, essence of that like kind of twinkling ancient magic that lingers right. um so yeah so maybe i don't know loved it and our next story a ranger's tale part 4 by jeff r young i don't know how you're going to keep uh, doing it, Jeff, but it feels like each addition to the series, I, I just, I can't help but feel like the, each new one is my favorite. I loved everything about this one. Jeff truly has an unmatched talent of the way he sets and creates scenes. And not only do we go from like the tension of pain and turmoil, but we shift over to the tension of fear and panic. And those are two very different kinds of tensions. And the fact that Jeff managed to put those into words. And then just the satisfaction of the camaraderie between, like, the pack and Draven. It's just, it was an amazing amazing addition. I, I, I don't know how many more you plan on doing in this collection. But I am more than happy to just consume each and every one of them. Yeah, I definitely liked how he introduced the hunters and the additional group in there on this issue. You know, he uh, always has such vivid imagery in his writing. Mm-hmm. So this one was definitely a nice step. Yeah, know? and I think every time we talk about any of Jeff's pieces, you know, you you always bring up like the the video game aspect, how this could so be like an Elder Scrolls or or Dragon Age or you name it, you like just like a an RPG open world game. Um, I think if Jeff's work were to ever make it to any kind of medium outside of strictly word and print, I I think 
whoever was able to get their hands on on the imagery it's kind of you know it, it just there it, it would be easy it would be an easy task to paint the pictures that jeff's presented is what i'm trying to get at oh yeah definitely so and then jumping over to horror my favorite and our first story is chad by gabriella balcom um, gabriella do we need to talk about something and is that your fascination with organs at the moment <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> the concept of like a sexy organ eating gargoyle, it's it's satisfying, you know, and I don't want to say it's fun because then that might like trigger some weird list for me to be on. But it was it was indeed like a vengeful bit of fun. Um, we, we're getting getting kind of eager on this <laughs> organ eating train. That was a good revenge tale. Yeah, you know. And that will take us to Ballad of the Vampire by Jen Ritchie. Uh, gorgeous, beautiful, project romance, a, a true gothic tale. It was so easy to picture this one, the, the woe of it all, and to see it so clearly. And I mean, there were, or there, there are so like many takes on sad vampires, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's one of those, like, it's, it's just a common representation of being an immortal creature. I think Jen was able to present it in this way that it didn't feel overdone or anything. Like it felt brand new. And I think that is just an amazing talent and the poetry behind each each line like the way the way Jen's words operate it just I don't know you are so talented and I just I love this one it was gorgeous astounding yeah I really enjoyed the structure of this one it Mm -hmm. like flowed with like a melody almost yeah you know I don't think I've ever really read something that's structured this way you know, I really enjoyed Not it. Not to this capacity where it's just so intense. Like, it just, I don't know, this one was gorgeous. Right. And to jump over to action and suspense. I feel like when we introduce these, you should, in post, just add, like, a... You know? <laughs> yeah. Put the background noises on there. <laughs> All right. Our first story is The Grinners, part two, by Walter G. Esselman. Brilliance. Edge of my seat, nail-biting brilliance. Every second was blissfully tense, even when it wasn't meant to be tense and intense. It was just, like, a hell of a ride, honestly. And a wonderful second chapter to this gruesome, eerie tale. And I'm I'm just so excited to see where we're uh, headed prior to Super Horror Max. But it was just a stunning, terrific edition. And again, Walter just does not fail to intrigue and fascinate. I loved it. Yeah, it was a very nice part, too, of the series, especially uh, how he formatted this time, too, you know, with imagery and everything. It, it uh, very nice. <laughs> very nice. And our next story, Doctors Without Borders by Don DeBrawl. Perfection. <laughs> I, I know that's like not a fair standard tease, but I loved the story so much. How truly horrifically terrifying 
And once more, Dawn does this thing where she's able to manipulate like a, a mundane situation um, that doesn't feel fantasized or even fictional. It just feels like it could actually happen. So you, the reader, get this little like pitter patter of anxiety because why wouldn't this happen? You know, this is the worst case scenario and Dawn presents it and it's terrifying. It, it just, I don't know. I, I love also this narrative that Dawn used. Um, it felt just a little different than than her other pieces where now we're kind of getting this like rational uh, fight for logic. And I don't think that's always an easy feat uh, to accomplish, especially without making it like boring, honestly, you know, because if you have like a rational voice, it can get a little, eh. but Dawn kept it from being that at any point. I just, I don't know. I, this is an excellent, excellent piece. Yeah, Dawn. definitely. Um, I think it was another great story in Dawn fashion. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I really enjoyed like the reality behind it too. Like mm-hmm. a lot of other stories were kind of like they were in this reality base, but you know, that's it what I mean. Not like, being so also at the same time. Yeah. And our next piece, The Devil Made Me Do It, part one by Sean Klemek. Uh The whole discussion of fictionalizing a school shooter is a hard one. I think any any person, creative or not, can agree that it is a subject that is hard to tackle. Um, and I can't even imagine how to even go about starting to present a story on the subject. But Sean did it. And he did it so well. Um, we understand these kids. We understand the the desperation. And I think turning the genre, that's sad, turning the genre, turning the subject on its head by like actually handing some tools to our characters. I'm I'm definitely like super, super interested to find out where we're headed here because I think Sean set it up wonderfully. Um, awesome job. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this story is is so beautifully put that it, it kind of, I have a cover. Like, you know what you're talking about? I think it was a few episodes back about listening to music and whatnot. But there's a, there's a there's a certain song and everybody here knows what it is, but there's a cover of this particular song. I'm gonna put it in the show notes, so please go check the show notes afterwards. Um, of a cover, <laughs> right? So, uh, by this band, First to Eleven. Other than that, excellent job on this, sir. This one was. I think this is the first time we actually seen him on our roster. Yeah. For us hosting, so I'm gonna say that this is an excellent. Please correct me. This is an excellent... Oh, for us. We've never reviewed your work, so... Right. This is an excellent first first uh, impression for mm-hmm. us. Uh, this story is just... You can write a script. I'm saying you can write this as a script for, like, a TV show or a movie. I guarantee you that, that'll raise an eyebrow with somebody, mm. especially right now. I don't know. People are still talking about the One Tree Hill episode that occurred many, 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 many years ago. <laughs> But point is, I, I get what you're saying. I get the... All I can think of is Covenant. <laughs> For some reason, like, when I was reading the story, I'm like, oh, you know what? This feels like the Covenant. I don't know why, though, dude. <laughs> you know? 
excellent work on that. You know, it's just, uh, thank you very much. Yeah. All right. And Better Living Through Electronics by Doug Hawley. Uh, this one I honestly, I had to sit with for about a day. When I first read it, I was kind of like, huh. You know, like I just kind of sat there in like a, I don't even want to say stunned silence, just kind of a very thoughtful silence. Um, but I kept thinking about it. I kept, and, and not, you know, like, oh, I need to think about the story. Like it just kept coming into my brain. And that means that it stuck. It means it stuck very well. And when I was thinking about it, it was because at the end of the day, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't know how much I enjoyed it until after the fact. And I couldn't, I couldn't even place how exactly it made me feel at first. Um, but it stuck. And I think that's a really unique ability for a writer to be able to kind of like manifest something that is uh, essentially a little earworm. And I absolutely respect that. That just, I, I think that's absolutely delightful. So thank you, Doug. Yeah, uh, this one was, I, I really enjoyed this one because he even included in this little story Total Recall. Mm-hmm. I love the movie when I was a kid. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. Blah. Yeah, but that's Terminator. <laughs> Either way, Total Recall. He, well, it's because of Total Recall. It's the impact of, of the Schwarzenegger, I guess. Yeah, I really <laughs> enjoyed this one because it was the same concept of playing around the subconscious versus the conscious reality of it. It's like this programmer is trying to program this whole, like, reality, mm-hmm. right? And then um, he's trying to benefit off of it, but you can also be these other things within the, the reality scape, but it's like a DreamWorks thing, mm-hmm. right? So um, it, it uh, that one's very excellent. Yeah. And jumping over to science fiction, double feature, uh, a first story. Is Nerves of Steel by Mr. Jim Bates. A perfect finale to an excellent series. I just want to thank you so, so, so much, Jim, for for all the hard work you put into presenting us with this with this story um, in all of its intensity and wildness about pain and devastation. That occur that is actively happening right now on Earth to Earth, but also about the human condition and kindness and love and trust and resilience. Your effort does not go unnoticed, and I'm so grateful that you allowed us and invited us into this world with Quinn, Karen, Jen, Aaron, Matt, and Joey, and also Buck. Uh, so congratulations on the completion of this story, and I cannot wait to see what else you do oh yeah it's a fantastic uh, conclusion to this tale there's 14 parts on this one 15 yeah it's a exciting little ride there mm-hmm. and our final story in science fiction is teamwork by james rumpel um james james's work is is always so clean and so magnificently presented. And the thought that goes into, like, the meticulousness of his pieces um, always impresses me. And this one is is just wonderful. I love the concept 
um, and the idea of the story, the the nanotech, and not to point it out, but like the core message of teamwork uh, and the and the effort behind that, uh, it just hit its target so well. And I think this is possibly one of my favorites from James. I, I don't know why it hit me so hard. I just really, really, really enjoyed this story. The battlefield scene, it had my heart racing. And that's when your work is just impeccable. So gorgeous, gorgeous job. Oh, absolutely. Um, I like this, how it was a, like an, a visual adventure, mm-hmm. in, which is, he points it out in the beginning of the story to where... Um, if it's in the future, why are men still fighting this way? But then it shows how like nanotechnology has helped impact a uh, man-to-man fight, you know. Um, and it also depicts the horrors of war, also mm-hmm. at the same time, but also the determination of the human spirit and the teamwork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thus, the title. Watch out. And finally, humor. In our first story, our only story in the humor section, Getting the Shot Part 2 by Melissa Small. So after the first part, I was definitely curious where we were headed. And I think we're partnering like a bit of satire and uh, buddy comedy. So I'm even more curious to see where we're going next. I think it stands a good chance at being quite the humorous commentary. And I reiterate after last month, the concept is definitely like an interesting one. So great job, Melissa. Right. Um, now, when you say commentary, you mean that. Okay, so I get this. It's got to be a tongue-in-cheek joke. And that's why it's in the humor section. And that's why I, I included the, the note of satire. Right. Because now I... It's so got to be. I, I'm, I'm rolling the idea. Pro- I'm like, oh, okay. Now we get the joke. <laughs> right? Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm very excited to see uh, the next, the continuation. Right. Because the story is the argument against anti-vaxxers right i think so i think it's and i mean we can talk about a lot of a lot of conspiracies no just keep (laughs) no no we're not going to talk about them but i'm just saying like there were a lot of uh uh i'm you know on the nose conspiracies and then tongue-in-cheek conspiracies that are very real that i think melissa has kind of like just you know done the Kind of. She's got to hit us over the head with a brick <laughs> real quick. All right. So that will take us over to poetry. And our first poem is Grasp Your Present by Ken Allen Dronsfield. Dronsfield. Uh, maybe it's because I'm listening to too many true crime podcasts that kind of screwed me up. Uh, But my brain was only comprehending this in a super dark concept. So I am so sorry, Ken, if that was not your intention. But away from that note, the imagery is beautiful and your way with words is just breathtaking and your ability to structure a poem. It's just enviable. That was a nice little poem. Mm -hmm. And next, Field of Dreams by Christopher Bice. And as per usual with Mr. Bice's work, this is another spectacular piece uh, conveying the wonder 
of love and tragedy and loss from a very unique perspective. Um, there is a dark note, of course, but I choose to see the beauty of this. And Christopher's work is always so stunning. So this is just a beautiful poem. Absolutely. Beautiful. Super beautiful poem on there. I especially enjoyed two words. Marshmallow skies. <laughs> <laughs> He's been repeating it uh, repeatedly. All right. And our third poem. Click by Miss Stephanie J. Body. I don't know why I do this voice. Does everybody, does does it make you guys feel? She gets royal status. I don't. (laughs) By Miss Stephanie J. Body, and I curtsy. So yeah, wow, this was a terribly, terribly terrific uh, summarization of loss. However, it's presented, you know, mortally or otherwise. Uh, It just stings in the most vicious of ways. And while it's a read that does a bit of, like, wounding in terms of that sting and relating, it's just beautiful and so heartbreaking uh, because it's so relatable. You know, I think we've all felt this at some point in our life and just beautiful, amazing work stuff. I haven't really paid attention heavily, but do cell phones make that click like traditional phones? Yeah. Very nice. Or it goes silent, actually. All right. And our next piece, Compositions by Linda Imbler. So to me, this reads as like a memory or the memory of something or the ghost of something. And I think that is a beautiful take and a beautiful concept, if that is the intent, beyond how I read it. And it's just beautiful. Beautiful as always, Linda. Oh, yeah, definitely. Excellent. Excellent poem on that one. And our next piece, Vodka Omelette. Omelette du... A vodka omelet by Michael Lee Johnson. So minus the vodka, this is actually really relevant to my life at 2.38 a.m. No, seriously. This was a delightful and fascinating piece. It was so unique and interesting that I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like Doug Hawley's Better Living Through Electronics. It just kind of sits with you and kind of takes over your mind. So wonderful work, Michael. Absolutely, absolutely on that. Um, I feel it's an actually an interesting inner conflict poem of meaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, excellent work on that. It spoke to you. Kind of, it did. Well, it did initially because when I first read the title, all I can think of is having like that shot of vodka on an empty stomach in the morning. No! <laughs> <laughs> all right. For the first time in my life by on Christine Tabaka. Uh, I think this is my favorite narrative. The like truth and earnestness that sounds so fantastical and magical and and captures it perfectly within this piece. There's this ache to it, uh, but not devastation and aching relief maybe is a good good comparison uh right about moving forward because i feel like it was like a classical take on the old breakup there mm-hmm. Very nice. but but a mature like a mature it, view is what yeah, about, yeah. Mm-hmm. that that it wasn't a waste of time or anything there was something that was 
still good about it, that you could still have the best aspects of it moving forward. Right. And she kind of like shoves the eh, stuff happens into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So nice. gorgeous. And the next piece, Leviathan Smiles by Jeff R. Young. Wow. Just absolutely wow. This one kind of left me speechless. So my notes are pretty much just... It's short and sweet. Um, It's just, it's a very intense piece. Yeah, and this was one, like, most of Jeff's pieces, like, I always feel so rewarded in the end uh, (laughs) in some way, shape, or form. And however, like, it makes me feel. It's it's ultimately, like, a reward. Yeah, his his poems are always a treat. Yeah, it's it's like they, they kind of sear their way through your soul. Right. So, I just... He did an amazing job describing something that that could be considered so ugly, but in such a beautiful way. So interesting. A side effect of that is the Baphomet is depicted by Anton LaVey for Leviathan back in like 1969 or something like that in the school, the alternative school. Let's just call it that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) So I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep quiet on all that. So our final poem is My Money by Kevin Magnus. Uh insert some Rihanna. <laughs> uh which if anybody is a Mass Mickelson fan, be better have my money is a delightful music video. Uh anyway, My Money by Kevin Magnus. The joys of how money ruins relationships. Uh, this is this is a great uh, piece of something that just feels so intensely personal and painful. And Kevin puts it much more eloquently than I'm about to. But there's like there's a, a wound behind his words. The reality of seeing how people will easily find ways to like monetize uh, the people they love. You know, and uh, somebody better respect that kitty cat right there. <laughs> so very interesting, very sad, but absolutely brilliant work. That was great. No, and now we jump over to art. My little foray. Our first piece is "My Hero" by Zoe M. Montoya. So, one thing. That I'm actually going through right now. And sorry, this is going to be an annoying little rant. I was up until about uh, 3.30 a.m. last night working on hair. I am beat. I am pooped. I am exhausted. Hair is the most time consuming. Anyway, my point is hair is not easy. And all it takes to understand this is to look at portrait tattoos. Uh, Zoe, if you want to learn about hair, look at really bad portrait tattoos and you will learn what not to do. Um, (laughs) It's a good point of reference, honestly. It's hard. It's so hard. And it never fails for me how much I love and adore the way that anime artists are able to do hair um, and illustrate it because it's always so friggin' good. You know, it's it's hard to find a bad iteration of hair as done in an anime style. And the simplest looking things tend to be the most difficult things. 
Zoe, I'm going to jam that into your mind. The, the simplest things are the hardest. And you rocked it with this piece. It's, I'm, I'm genuinely in awe. Like, I'm... <sighs> yeah, dude, she even did the shading on the hair and the pants. I know. I'm just like, ugh, ugh. I'm envious. So, um, the whole piece is, is great. Don't get me wrong. But that hair, I'm just like, wow. Um, and so, on that note, I think now we can officially, like, make it truly, truly official... And I'm, I'm, I'm taking ownership. I'm not going to gatekeep or anything, but I'm taking ownership of the welcome committee. Um, Miss, Miss Zoe M. Montoya into the official fan art club. And honestly, I think we're, we're awesome people. Um, I love making fan art. It's my favorite thing. So welcome. (laughs) Meetings on a Wednesday. Yep. (laughs) All right. Our next piece. Floral Pixies by Mr. Vincent May. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. I love the use of negative space in this piece. It just looks so great and it fills itself out beautifully. The shot, everything about this is just gorgeous. And the use of so few uh, values, it just the ability to create that much definition like that is again the simplest looking things are the most difficult and i love it oh yeah absolutely uh, excellent work as usual from vincent there uh, i wonder if this one was actually like a tattoo design kind of looks like it, it yeah you know? it's like the simple tattoo is really big right now a nice little sticker sticker tattoo i mean yeah. okay and our next piece, Anime by Sirius Small. We have a theme this month, I think. Uh, but holy crap, my jaw dropped when I pulled this open. Just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous rendering. Amazing. Oh, yeah, that was definitely a, a great uh, fan art piece of Goku right there. Yeah, and when I say theme, I mean anime, uh, which I am not mad at. <laughs> <laughs> next up is The Reaper by Ed Bickford. So as usual with Ed, uh, who always submits these like stunning graphic pieces, this one just blows me away. Uh, yes, gonna say it, that palette is perfection. Um, but the whole story within the illustration is just breathtaking. Absolutely marvelous. Love it. Oh yeah, dude, that was excellent as usual. You know, he always has such colorful pieces, you know. Mm-hmm. Another excellent artist on the roster. Yeah. And finally... Galaxy Blender by Mike Lutz. Um, I am typically not a huge fan of abstract art. Uh, please don't come at me. But this one is an exception. <laughs> this one is absolutely an exception. The color theory behind it is just so magical. And it reminds me of the the old Eye Strain Find the Hidden Image books from like the 80s and 90s. So you, you, know got, you got about? that too, right? Yeah. Did you try it? I kind of did. But I kept I staring it. at it, I but I couldn't it. find anything. I just kept... The the color palette, like, just blew me away. Like, I kept getting distracted. Right, dude, because I was like, I'm not seeing anything yet. I thought, I kind of see a rabbit by <laughs> my imagination, though. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be cool, though. I'm going to have to look, like, way back at it. Uh, but, yeah, it was just a really cool, interesting piece, and I, um, I'm going to keep looking at it. Oh, right, excellent work on that one. Beautiful. And that's going to wrap us up for art 
Alrighty, so that is going to bring us into the review section. First on the slab, we have the interview with Mr. Timothy Law with Kevin, the Mythmaster Adams. They they talk life, creativity, and self-publishing, and much, much more in this little podcast here. You know, as usual, they get down, break some bread, and throw ideas around. Go give that a look-see. But it's the Mythmaster, so wouldn't he, like, be breaking bones? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> then next we have the movie review of Josie and the Pussycats by our own Jenna Sparks. Uh, <laughs> in this one, you obviously give it a fiver. I do. I don't hear. I will sit here and sing the whole soundtrack at you. I say give the whole. Can you imagine? You, I wonder if like Rosario Dawson was making this movie and she thought one day. I'm being Star Wars. Look, if I ever meet Rosario Dawson, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna run up to her and be like Val, and see how she responds. She'll be like, "What the hell?" My favorite role of hers was kind of in between a mix of Clerks Two and Death Proof. Yeah, excellent work on that. We have after the movie review, we have the book review of Hundred Doors by Michael Longley. The review by Michael A. Arnold. Michael. Gives a in-depth uh, account of this poetry book, actually, by the Irish poet. So if you are interested in that, go ahead and go give that look-see over. After our book review, we have the video game review of Middle Earth, Shadow of War for PC by Jeff R. Young. In this review, he breaks down the sequel to Shadow of Mordor, which is based upon uh, Lord of the Rings. If the title could not give it away, thank you very much. And after the video game review, we have the art review by Michael A. Arnold. Art and of changing times. In this review, he actually reviews art as a whole. From modernism to postmodernism. You know, throws a little Andy Warhol in there. Sprinkles a bit of Picasso. You know, bake that pie, baby. Thank you very much, sir. Go give it a look-see if you are interested in his uh, review of art as a whole. Thank you very much. Which finally brings us to the final commentary and minutes from a board meeting by David K. Montoya and team. Go give us a look over if you are interested in the minutes to the board meeting. So there we have it. Issue number 94. And I would like to thank everybody for your submissions. They were all great. They were. I'm glad, um, you know, because like I said last week, the whole reason we, we really do try to get the review out pretty much in in as near enough sync as we can with the release of the magazine but if you if you listen to to last week's podcast you know why and um, I'm really glad we kind of were able to put our attention on this issue because it it was a great spectacular issue thank you very much in the meantime you can find us at theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and the Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine, and also on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. Also, do not forget about the show notes after this episode, please. Thank you very much, and thank you for listening. Until next time. <laughs>
the world of myth bitch. Uh, let me ask you, though. Okay. How's the weather over there? Cool today? Hot tamale! 